What's up, y'all? This is wide receiver Deontay Simpson. This is cornerback Cam Johnson. Cornerback Deshaun Getty Jr. Senior forward Zachary Simmons, and you're listening to Bruins Breakdown, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, once again, is the basketball god himself, Colin Mitchell. Give him a round of applause. Where are you looking? Where are you looking? I'm talking to you, Colin. I'm talking to you. Well, we played basketball today, and I was anything but a basketball <laughs> god, but you know, it, oh, is, it is what it is, you know? It is what it is. Uh... You know, what, got, what, what do you have to improve on the most, Colin? Uh, being an athlete. Mm. You know, last time I played actual basketball, not including our, our rec league, which by the way went great for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fourth grade B team. Ah, uh, you know, or, last organized basketball league. Yeah, and then I didn't play any other sport. <clears throat> I, I ran. That was it. You ran, and you were you were you were the cool kids with your long hair. <laughs> the cool and, kids in Michigan. Mm, mm. Yeah, I had a BMX bike. Good, good times, good times. You know? Anyways, let's let's. I don't want to keep our audience here too long because I feel like there's a lot of of meat in this sandwich we have to get to here. Mm. Just a lot to talk about. But first, I I will quickly uh, touch on the two games that we have to cover today: Arkansas and Mississippi State. Uh, we did obviously a quick podcast after the first game of the season against Mississippi Valley State, and we were all excited, you know. And now they've lost two back-to-back SEC teams with nothing in between because the their games have uh, was canceled between that. Right. So they lost to Arkansas 69-54 on the night that football lost to UTSA. So that was like a week over a week ago. No, about a week ago at this point. And then they went to Mississippi State and lost to them 69-63 to tonight. In both of those performances, North Texas did not shoot the ball well. Uh Against Mississippi State, they went seven to twenty-three. Against Arkansas, they went uh, two of thirteen from mm-hmm. three. And you know, Javion picked his spots in both games. I want to say he had about ten points in both. Uh, let's see where we at. Five points against Arkansas, ten points against Mississippi State. Obviously, he led the team in assists in both games. But you know, it's it's been a very different team to this point. James Reese has not been shooting the ball well. Went three of thirteen against Mississippi State, uh, while going two of twelve against Arkansas. Just staggering numbers on his part. Um, and yeah, I mean, the new faces haven't been much help. Um, Marjorie McBride, Terrence Lewis, um, Ruben Jones, you could argue, has been the best of the three to yeah. this point. Yeah. So uh, I think that's pretty good. I mean, and the size of both of those SEC teams have just dominated North Texas to this point. So I think that's pretty much everything you need to know about those two games. Where do you want to start? Uh, in the big picture of this team coming off of two losses in the last two losses in a row and Graham McCaslin saying after the game this team is not good enough right now to win the conference well there you go this team's not good enough to win the conference and I think that's the most important thing we need to see here and talk about because they are defending the the conference title and they are in that head-to-head matchup against WKU who has a big that is better than any big on either of those two teams they we just mentioned in Arkansas and Mississippi State I mean Bassey against this version of Bassey against Zach has not been seen yet, and it's it's in my mind it's terrifying to think yeah. of what what'll happen because we saw I mean anybody that's any kind of athletic or tall yeah. against this team 
I mean, they just have an awful time of, of defending that and uh, getting rebounds. Yeah, so the size is, is a good place to start because, like I said, both these games against SEC teams have just been... That's been the difference, right? That's what you can tell. It's like, oh my gosh, this team is big. Yeah. Like, this team is not just big in the front court. This team is big in the back court. Like, they got 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six dudes playing the two, playing the three. And then in the front court, Arkansas had a 7'3", dude. And then Mississippi State had a 7-footer as well. Um, there's just a different approach you have to have when you play a team with that kind of size and that type of rim protection and that type of rebounding ability. You have to be on your P's and Q's even more so. And that's what North Texas was not in these two games. They didn't make open shots. They didn't uh, generate the shots that they needed to in the ways that I think they wanted to. They didn't get the pace the way they the place they needed it to be. Um, and I mean, I don't know what else to say besides the fact that it is extremely concerning because they struggled with a Western, albeit a very different Western Kentucky team last year, right? It was a vastly different team without Charles Charles Bassey and with Charles Bassey. They're two completely different teams. However, two years ago when Charles Bassey did play, we saw how that went for North Texas. And it was a very different North Texas team then. So, you know, make of it what you will. But Charles Bassey dominated that game at Frisk, in Frisco in the last game of the season uh, when North Texas lost to them by like 20. And it was just not even close because at that point you had sophomore Zachary Simmons against freshman Charles Bassey and Charles Bassey was a man like ready to play. Yeah. And now two years later, Charles Bassey looks better than he's ever looked. West Virginia was having trouble stopping him. He put up 21, 14 and seven against them. Uh, I didn't see blocks. Yeah. Seven blocks. I didn't see how he played against Louisville and they lost to Louisville pretty handily, but Louisville, Louisville is Louisville Mm -hmm. for God's sakes. Um, and West Kentucky just played like a bunch of really good teams to this point. And I think, yeah, we might be jumping the gun talking about West Kentucky this early in season, but that's the team you have to beat, right? It was always North Texas, West Kentucky last year. It was that way this year. It's that way. And I know they don't play for probably another month or so. Let's see. When do they, when do they play? They play, they don't play until towards the end of the season, actually February 19th, February 20th. But if you don't think that everything North Texas is going to be doing to this point, to that point in the season, is to prepare for Western Kentucky, you're misled. Because though Western Kentucky is the team that they have to beat. They might have to beat them twice in a row, like when they play back-to-back. Like, that's that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. No, you're, you're completely right. And uh, Charles Bass, by the way, against Louisville had uh, 13 points and 16 rebounds. They lost by 20. Yeah. But um, regardless, yeah, I mean, th- th- everyone coming into the season knew that it was how much can North Texas improve with the return of Bassey on WKU. And after watching these two games, I don't know if they have at all, and they may have gotten worse. And secondly, Western Kentucky would have beaten this Mississippi State team by like 15. That's another thing we have to talk about. Arkansas was a good team. No, yeah. Arkansas, Arkansas was, in is, hindsight is like top 25. Yeah, top 25, top 30 maybe. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're legit. They're a legitimately good team, like a tournament team. Mississippi State is not making the tournament. No. Mississippi State was projected projected to come in 12th out of 14 in the SEC before the season. They, I, they, albeit they did get uh, Iverson, what was his name? Iverson Morrell, something Molinar like that. Or something. Mol- yeah, something like that. They got him back today, and he was pretty good. But it's still a team that, like you said, I think Western Kentucky would have beat them. Oh, yeah. I mean, they didn't, they didn't, they can't shoot, and they just dominate the inside. And there is no debate at this moment that Western Kentucky is the better team right now. Absolutely. Like, there's no debate. However, 
not to dip away from the, the interior concerns because there are concerns and size is my biggest concern for this team right mm-hmm. now because and I'll, I'll I'll stay on this for a second. Not having Dang Dangu and replacing with Terrence, who doesn't look like he can play the five, is a big deal. Absolutely, they had to roll out their true freshman Abu Usman for how many minutes did he play? Like what twelve? Like he played a legitimate amount of minutes. Yo, where are the minutes here? Whatever. He probably played about 10, 12 minutes. Yep. And that's a lot of minutes for Abu. A true freshman that we expected not to play at all. Yes, exactly. And it was nine minutes. And albeit, I don't think he was terrible. He for a freshman. For a freshman. He wasn't good. He wasn't anywhere near Dengu was last year, obviously. But that was the biggest thing to me is that, oh my God. When Zach's not on the court, what are they going to do? And I thought they were just going to play Thomas at the five. But like we've said, against these bigger teams, you can't. Right. And against Charles Bassey, you really can't. You really can't. Now, the question is, as far as West Kentucky goes, and against, because, you know, most teams in Conference USA might have one good big. You know, they're not going to have these wave of bigs like Mississippi State had, where Mississippi State had that post dude who they threw. They don't even have to be like, like bigs in terms of the fundamental. They could just be. Tall athletic big. guys, yeah, <laughs> like like big in terms of like size, their yeah. their actual size. Yeah, I mean, that that's the biggest thing. I mean, you look at any cutaway to Mississippi State, and it's like, well, that guy's bigger than Thomas, and that guy's yeah. bigger than Zach, and that guy's bigger than. So whoever. that's the saving grace here is that you you hope and Western Kentucky, they have a backup center, they have a backup five that's not you know Carson Williams, but they're, I assume they're just gonna slide Carson Williams to the five like they did last year mm-hmm. whenever Bassie's not on the court. And in that situation, you can play Thomas at the five. And that's where I'm kind of holding out hope that they should be okay. Again, in conference. In conference, I think they'll be okay. However, Charles Bassey is obviously going to be Charles Bassey. And Zach Simmons uh, wasn't bad tonight. His stat line will make it seem like he was really good, 11 and 12. And um, like four assists probably. Yeah, four assists. But he still either... I don't want to say he made the wrong decisions because he had four assists and he was he was good in that respect, but it's just whenever he has the ball in the post, there's no there's no doubling. This isn't Conference USA. He's not going into UTEP, who's going to double him, or UTSA, who has no bigs. These guys are these guys don't need to double him. And Charles Bassey is going to allow West Kentucky to not double. And then what do you do? Exactly. And so that's the struggle here. If starters versus starters is where the concern is uh, against Charles Bassey. Yes. When you when you go past that and. In Conference USA, you go to the depth. Thomas Bell is going to be fine at the five. But right now, we've watched both of these games, and we're just like, and then we watch Charles Bassey, and we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so so it's going to be, it is a problem. Like, it's Oh, not yeah. Just I mean, and you said they're, they're going to be fine in conference, but that's not what they want to be. They, I mean, yeah, yeah they want to be sec- second in conference. Sure, they're good enough to be second in conference. But there's that gap we we talked about before in the I guess the first basketball podcast is North Texas and Western Kentucky were one and two, yeah, and then it was everyone else, yeah. And North Texas is still firmly has that second spot, but you got to try to overcome Charles Bassey. And if Charles Bassey plays 30 minutes a game, what are you gonna do? Yeah, Be- because Zach's not gonna allow you to play 30 minutes a game the way the, the way Zach has to play. On yeah, the yeah, offensive end. yeah. It's a little more spur sporadic, especially with, with the way he subbed. Where um, mm-hmm. Grant has subbed, I should say, in that, especially in the first half, he's getting a lot of different lineups in there, a lot of different players in there, and you have to wonder 
if that's also because of the lack of games that they've had to mm-hmm. this point, you know, scrimmages as well. They didn't have those, um, you know, their practice, um, their practice time was cut short. Obviously it was just a different off season. Like if they're them. just trying to trying things. Yeah. So maybe he's looking out there to see what he's got exactly. And I don't make that as an excuse for him, but why else would he, he literally made a sub every two, three minutes in the first half. Ibu came in with two minutes, like two minutes into the game. Yeah. Like, Dudes were coming in fast and often. And so I'm just like, because, yes, he's made subs before fast, but it wasn't like this. Right, like, you're not taking out, like, your four-year starting yeah. center. <laughs> so then the first half, there were a lot of subs. But then if you look at the second half, it was Javion played the entire time. Thomas played the entire time. Uh, Zach played a majority of the time. Then you had the other uh, alternates, maybe with, like, Terrence sliding in there and Ruben sliding in there. But it's I still think it's a it's a very raw team in this in the respect that yes they have returners but what exactly do they have around those returners that will allow those returners to play how they played last year or do they have to change their game and that's where we're at right now it's not like last year where we don't know anything about this team we didn't know anything besides mo was good like that was it yeah and zach could do some stuff and we had to figure out what all these other dudes could do. We know what all the dudes can do. It's what can Drez do in his, he only played 18 minutes tonight. What can he do in his 18 minutes? And what can Ruben do in his 30 minutes? What can Terrence do in his minutes? Jalen do in his minutes with an expanded role? It's figuring out all those pieces. And every team in the country, obviously, is figuring out this in some degree. But the way North Texas plays is so precise on both ends of the court, especially defense, but on both ends of the court, it's so precise, it's so meticulous that you can't just roll guys out there and play. It's not like, um, it's not like a Mississippi State who took a lot of different players in uh, this season and just said, "All right, let's just roll out there and play." No, North Texas is one of the slowest teams in the country for reasons because yeah. they're meticulous, and it's worked, and it doesn't work because they're more talented than people. It's worked because they fit the pieces in exactly where they're supposed to go. And right now, the puzzle is still being put together. Yes. So that's the trouble right now. And yes, we can talk about the size definitely being a concern because I think they're, and they're, we're going to talk about other concerns as well that are going to persist throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not putting these. I'm not putting these question marks off. I'm just saying saying how it is right now why this team is not where we want it to be. Because on paper, if these two teams played, like if this Mississippi State team played last year's North Texas team that ended the season as conference champions, North Texas is winning that game. Oh, yeah. Comfortably. No oh, yeah. Comfortably. Like, that's not even a question to me that they're comfortably winning. If they would have played them with the team that almost beat Oklahoma, because that was about a month into the season last year, they beat them. Yes, I agree. Like, this Mississippi, this Mississippi State team is not that good. They were awful. Like, they were not that good. And that's where I understand the outrage that I saw via text, via Twitter, via everything. I understand being like, what the hell is happening? This is a team that's supposed I mean, to win the conference. You call it a must win. Must win. Yes. So that gets into another point. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> good segue, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, so I did call it a must win. And I do think it was a must win in the... In this respect, this team wants to make the NCAA tournament and they want to put themselves in the position to, if they make the tournament, not be a 13 seed or a 14 seed. You need to win this game 
A, for confidence purposes of your new guys, and B, to start setting up for a potential, you know, you hope, NCAA tournament bid or NIT bid, right? Like one of those type of tournament bids. And not only that, the supposed second bid for Conference USA, yes, if in, that comes to in that. In theory, yes. If, if you could win this that. game and then right. you could look really good throughout conference and stuff and then maybe get an automatic bid, which I don't think is possible. But Right, but it's just been a talking yes, point yes, for people. Yes. So, and the better, the more wins Conference USA stacks up as a conference, the better it will look overall. So, it was a, I think it was a must win as far as con- confidence goes and it was a must win as far as trying to f- get in the get into the NCAA tournament, not just squeak in, but get in. And there's a difference there. Um, I felt stupid saying that in the, the middle of the game, though. Saying what? Saying that it was a must win. Because I don't think it was a must win because of what I've said before and the fact that I think that this team still has the talent, especially with the way Ruben, Ruben played and the way I think Drez is still going to play. I still think this team has more than enough firepower to win the conference. I really do. I really do. You don't think so? I, I'm I, yes, but I'm okay. Still concerned because of course, of course, we're concerned. But go ahead. I mean, like, like watching the game didn't get rid of any of my concerns. Like in terms of like, oh, like in the second half, for example, we're like, oh, they played better on offensive end. Like they still couldn't rebound. They still were not be able to keep up physically with with those guys. Which again, WKU very physical. They have Charles Bassey. That's all you need to know. Secondly, they don't have a secondary creator. And once the ball was out of Javion's hand, you give it to Drez. You know, Drez does what he can, or you give it to Ruben, or you give it to Jalen Jackson who got blocked. You know, you need a guy that's able to get you a bucket and create something as opposed to them just doubling Javion or, you know, icing him on screens and then you have nothing after that. Uh, James Reese, another guy. You need to have him be able to hit shots. He wasn't able to hit shots. I mean, Ruben was only really your only saving grace in that second half. Like, if Ruben doesn't go 4 or 5 from 3, we're looking at a completely different scenario, and we're looking at this game through a completely different set of glasses where we're like, oh, okay, they definitely have the talent. Like, if Ruben goes 2 or 5, like, think about that. That's that's over a 10-point loss. And then we're like, okay, well, now we're in trouble because Texas State lost to him by 19 or whatever it was. Yeah. I agree that the concerns are real for Western Kentucky. The rest of Conference USA is not what. But that's not the goal. Now, now let me finish. The thing is, is that like I said, they play Western Kentucky on February nineteenth. Mm-hmm. That is two months away. Two months and about two weeks away. This team that we saw tonight is not going to look anything like the team that plays on February nineteenth at the Super Pit against Western Kentucky. Correct. So I'm saying. Now, if this if they played Western Kentucky on and they op- on January first, January second, which they play UAB, which is still going to be a tough game, albeit, then I'd be concerned. They don't play them till February nineteenth. Now, I think they're good enough to be. Let me read out the first five teams that they play: UAB, UTSA, UTEP, Old Dominion, Rice. Those are their five, first ten games of conference. Because remember, everyone's playing back to back. Those are their first ten games. At this moment, they're still better than all five, all five of those teams. Absolutely. So, you can figure it out. You can spend the time that you spent last year uh, losing to Rhode Island and losing to um, all those teams in the non-conference. You can spend that time playing UTSA who lost by 40 to Oklahoma. Like you, you, that's, that's the difference here is that I'm worried about Conference USA. 
I don't this yes I want them to make the make the NCAA tournament that's all great I want them to make the NIT that's all great but at the end of the day the biggest moment for this team and this program is if they repeat as conference champions sure that but, is but, a monumental moment in this program's history that is all I care about and that comes back to beating Western Kentucky in two and a half months yes two and a half months. Then we'll see. If they're still having these troubles in on March, on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, January 19th, a month away from, from Western Kentucky, then we can talk. I would say that, okay, you say it's two and a half months away. Yes. Last year, whenever they looked bad, it was for things that you can fix by, you know, game planning different or whatever. Mm-hmm. How are you going to fix size? You know, how are you going to fix like defensive lineups. How are you going to fix having to play Abu 10 minutes a game? How are you going to fix... Sorry, you, you want to clearly talk. Dang. The dang departure is a big deal. Yes. I'll give you that. That That is... I mean, like, what is your defensive lineup when you can't have Zach in the game? And when you need... When teams are speeding you up, you have to take Zach out of the game. Who do you put in? Yeah, you can put Thomas to the five, but when WKU speeds up the game, who are you going to put in the game? Again, I think there are ways when you don't play against a super big team that forces Abu to play, I think you're going to be okay playing Thomas at the five. Sure. I think so. But again, if you are we both in agreement that you have to beat Western Kentucky one of those times to win the conference? Okay. This Western Kentucky team is way better than they were last year. And that is evident by their wins now because last year they were the most inconsistent team in Conference USA and still had a shot at winning the conference. Yeah. So you have to you have to get better with them, and so far they haven't. And their concerns are things that I think are a lot harder to make up for than what their concerns were last year. I I don't know if I agree with that because I th- I agree I think the size is a big thing. If Terrence can't play the I mean if Terrence and if the Terrence and Thomas lineup cannot sustain minutes like let's say six to eight minutes in you know, the the first half, like mm-hmm. from the 12-minute point to the 4-minute point. If those two cannot play the five, play in the front court and not be a minus or even be a plus in certain situations, like if they can't be sustainable, then we have a very big problem because then Abu's going to have to play 10 minutes again. But see, I also then you also have another concern is that lineup last year was covering up a lot of things that teams were doing to exploit Zach on the defensive yes, end. But, yes, but I think Terrence... On the perimeter is fine. No, no, he's fine on the perimeter. I mean, you and I were talking about how how he was. We liked him to pick and roll. Yeah, I think he's fine with. However, comfort. you rim protecting wise and moving your feet quickly in the interior, like those are all things that when you're facing a big, like an athletic big or an athletic taller guy, is an issue. That's. I mean, yes, I I think yes, it's a big deal. But if Thomas and Terrence can play the four or five for. 12 minutes a game no let's say 15 minutes a game and come away against i'm just like dude they're gonna be playing uab utsa utep sure Old Dominion, i'm not Rice. concerned about those teams they're gonna those terrence thomas lineups are gonna do fine against no they're gonna games. they're gonna do perfectly fine but that's not the concern but then western kentucky's just gonna put, play carson williams at the five and i don't want to spend too much too long on this because this is a very specific no it is thing we're but doing. i think this is what everyone's what's on everyone's mind and do you think that they'd really put Carson Williams in at the five if Bassey's destroying them for 30 minutes? Yeah, well, Carson, well, I mean, Bassey's not going to play 40 minutes. Right, but he'll play, he could play 30. Yeah, okay. You're going to make up the, the Bassey minutes in those it 10 depends. minutes? It depends. I, I I just think that's it's, that's the issue. In my it, it's, 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 it's an issue, but it's not... Eh, 
it's not like this. It's not like Zach Simmons doesn't exist here. It's not like they're playing Thomas at the five and no, right. Terrence I mean, at the Zach, five. Zach is obviously you know, one of the best picks in conference USA, yeah, but it's but it's when you go against athletic guys is it's when it's yeah. But as long as he holds his own, he's fine. Like he's he is not the reason this team is going to win or lose conference as long as he plays the way he needs to play. If he I plays agree. fine, then he's doing his job and he allows the guards on this team to take over. He that's what he needs to do, and I think he's going to be fine in that respect. Um, you mentioned secondary creators. To me, that's not a huge deal at this moment because of what we saw last year in the same exact thing was like, oh my God, who's going to help Mo? Nobody's helping Mo. Why is, can nobody do anything besides Mo? That was all we talked about last year. That's true. That's it. That's true. And we're having the same guard. Why isn't anyone helping Javion? Where's Where's the help for Javion? We were told Mardrez was going to be good. Just like we said, we were told Javion was going to be good. It's the same conversation. It's the same conversation, in my opinion. Maybe. No, I agree. I agree. Like, I, like yes, Arkansas blitzed the hell out of Javion. Mississippi State obviously put their best defender on Javion. And like I said before, those defenses are better than pretty much I think they're better than West Kentucky's defense too, because I think West Kentucky's kind of a more versatile. They're an interesting team, but like those are like legitimately SEC sized defenses, here. right? In again, talk to me in a month. Talk to me in a month. If Drez is still not playing well, then we can talk and have serious concerns here after they're probably four and two in conference play, because they're still going to beat UTSA, UAB, and UTEP probably four out of six times. So. I, I just think it's not about how this team's going to start. It's how they're going to finish. Because the finish, you have West Kentucky and Marshall back-to-back. Two of the top four teams in conference. That's going to determine it. That's determines if they win the conference championship or not. And that's what I can't wait for. So, I don't want to... Again, these are issues. I'm not saying they're not issues. I think that we might be being caught up in the moment, just like we did last year. Even though last year's was warranted because we didn't see them win a conference championship right. the, the season before. Right. Last year, we saw them win a conference championship with very similar concerns. Again, you bring up the good point. You bring up size. That's a concern. It's a real concern here. But what else are we talking about here? Secondary creation, I have written down. That's a, that's a real thing. Figuring out what they have is a real thing. But these are still early season problems, in my opinion. Yes, those two are. Size is not. I'm not worried. I'm I'm not overly worried. That's what I'll say. I'm not I'm, I'm not panicking. If we had a panic meter, I'm at like a five. I mean, I mean, is five neutral? Eh, four might be five. I'm at might, whatever neutral. I'm at like is. a four. I mean, four and a yeah. Half. I mean, you'd like to win this game, but again, like you said, those those two issues, the other two issues that aren't size, those are things that those are things like I said earlier. You can you can work your game plan around or whatever. It's just the size thing on the defensive end. For a backup for Zach. That's my only issue. Look, and yes, Drez has to improve, right? That's not even yeah, a question. But, but, Drez has to but, be better. But it's, it's it's also important not to ignore the Mississippi Valley State thing. Also, although they're a bad team, just competition-wise, like in terms of who they yeah. play, like you jump from that to an SEC team after you came from JUCO. Right. Like, like, like that you, was his, Arkansas was his first game against a division opponent. Yeah, think like, about that. Yeah, there you go. Think about that. Like, come on. Well, what are we... What are we talking about? So, here? so that stuff isn't that stuff. You can obviously practice for game plan for. It's the things that you can't, and that's that's my issue. Yeah, and which is size, which you're right about that. Um, Ruben, man, we gotta talk about Ruben real quick. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna open it up with this oh, to God. you. To you, oh, God. is he already better than DJ Draper? 
Yes. A hundred percent. Ladies and gentlemen, Bro, what a player. He's already the seventh best player on the team at least. Yes. Maybe sixth. <laughs> Maybe sixth, I guess. He might be the sixth man on this team now. Listen, if man, he he can do so much more than shoot, and it's so weird to see. When like you have like Bro. like last year when you had the Mo and Javion thing, it was like, all right, one of them has to be on the court of all times. But then when you had the lineup of Drez, uh, Ruben and Jalen, and they gave the ball to Ruben, and it's like he's actually like obviously he, it wasn't a super effective, but like he was actually doing stuff and trying stuff and and would drive to the paint or whatever. Like this dude can play. No, he can play. He play. Like yeah, he can yo, play. he can play. Play. Yeah, he can play. <laughs> and. Uh... It's the same thing with with Drez. This is only his second game in Division One, Division One game here. Like that's what we're talking about. And he goes out and shoots four or five from three. I was just blown away. And uh, we'll see how he does against big LSU. Big shots too. Yes, no big shots. Big. I played thirty minutes, dude. And then he had the finish at the rim, dude. This dude, he can play, man. And if he continues to like, I think him and Drez could have a similar trajectory. Like I think Drez is better at this moment, obviously. Even though Ruben has the better game, I think, you know, yeah. Drez is going they to They also be, have different games. Yeah, so. they're very different games. Um, but I don't think it's crazy to say Drez is the better player. But they're both just going to continue to rise at, like, the same level. To where I'm saying January, you know, January 9th, January 15th, January 16th, when they play conference games, we're going to start seeing the turn. Just like last year, we saw James Reese turn. We saw um, Thomas Bell turn. We saw them turn the corner. That we're gonna see the same thing in these guys. I my only concern is that they don't is that I hope they get enough non conference games in to where they are they're able to turn the corner. Exactly. So if they get these last three in, um I feel I feel good about those two still. I'm not concerned about them. Terrence is an interesting one because he's good, right? He just hasn't wowed us in any respect yet. Right, and I think it's more so like like you said, the puzzle piece, like where does he fit on the team? And like perimeter defense is good. Uh, he had told, he led the team in scoring. I'm pretty yes. sure against Arkansas. Yes. Like he's able to fit the role. It's like what role is it going to be put in though, and, and thrust into on both ends of the in, yeah. of the ball. So that it'll be interesting to see how that kind of develops. Because obviously at this point we know he's not a dang, but he's he's also like a Maya, for example. Yeah. Like <laughs> like he's 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 going to be good. Yeah. No, I I think he's he's already a good rebounder uh, for the most part. And I think he has good touch around the and feel around the basket. So. Um, I'm excited to see what he develops into and how he kind of uh, grows into his role, like you said. Again, another player that's not played a Division One opponent before. Arkansas. Again, yeah, same same thing, same thing. So I'm just I'm I'm not too worried yet. I'm I'm not. I made a mistake and I was wrong. It was not a quote unquote must win. I just wanted them to win for confidence sakes and for the sake of a potential NCAA tournament and because Mississippi State's not that good. So yes, am I being flaky? Of course, <laughs> of course he said. And I'm 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 wrong all the time. So please hold me accountable. Um, one thing I will say is another reason why I left the game. Okay, so here I'll tell a story. Uh, okay. Not a long story. A story. So another reason why I left the game kind of not as dramatic as a lot of people. Was I was sitting there, uh, they have Zooms for the post-game pressers now, uh, which is good because in the past, you know, you'd just call yeah, them call. on the phone. And we we get Ruben up there first today, and Ruben was just talking and uh, just talking about his offense and game and just, you know, how it didn't matter. He scored 14 points, just wanted to win, all that good stuff. 
but he he looked pretty calm so i was like okay you know he's not like beating himself up over over the game and then zach comes up and you saw the you know other end of the spectrum i don't want to say the other end of the spectrum in a bad way but he saw the other end of the spectrum in the a senior compared to a freshman so zach comes up and you know asked him asked him questions and he just nods you know just takes it in and gives good answers and then um i asked him what do you tell the younger guys that maybe or the new guys that haven't been in the situation that y'all were in last year where y'all started off four and seven you know, what do you tell them to where, you you know, you've lost two straight games in non-conference to continue to push forward and uh, grow. And basically, he just said, he kind of, I don't want to say he laughed, but he, he had a small grin there in that, like, like, yeah, like, I've been through that before. Like, I know what they're feeling right now. It's like, oh my God, the sky's kind of falling. Like, this is, we, should, we shouldn't lose to Mississippi State. Like, we should be a, be, a better team than Mississippi State, right? Like, you could tell all that just went through his head. It's like, yeah, I remember when we were were worried last year when we were four and seven and we were losing games that we thought we should have won, like Eastern Michigan, and then we go on and win conference championship. Like that's what it looked like went through his head, and he just answered it like a like a professional. Like these are dudes at this point. This loss does not phase them. Mm-hmm. They are so seasoned, they are so polished mentally. That losses in non-conference don't phase them in a bad way. Like, yes, they can phase them and worry them in, in an aspect of, we want to get better. Like, we want to do this. We want to do that. We want to learn. But they don't lose sleep over a loss in that way anymore. And that's the difference. It might be, you know, I could have done this to help my teammate. I could have done this. It's, it's not the damn how did we let that one go man i can't believe we lost that one it's it's next game it's that type of mentality and i don't know if that's cliche or whatever i don't care because i have rarely ever seen that from any athlete like i've covered uh women's soccer at north texas that was winning conference championships and conference championships and you saw the same thing that zach just showed you saw Bro, we lost to Texas. I remember covering a women's soccer game for freshman year, and they lost to Texas by one goal, 1-0. And the team was just like, yeah, we lost to Texas, but, I mean, we can do this, this, this better. And we're going to do this, this, and this better. Mm-hmm. And that's what this was. Yeah, Like, women's soccer, winning championships, know what they need to do. Zach Simmons, that this team knows what they need to do. Meanwhile, if you go look at other teams, I'm not going to name any teams. I'm just saying, if you look at them and you see them lose to a P5 team that they, quote-unquote, should have beat, you see a different result. And that's my story. But it's just a very Good story. It's 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 an interesting situation that this team is in right now. And I'm excited. Very, very excited for conference play. LSU is really good though. LSU is uh, projected third in, in SEC. So if you want to see a tournament team like a lock, LSU on the 19th. 18th. I don't know when 19th. it is. 17th? 19th. Is that 17th true? 17th is... Uh, Houston Baptist. Baptist 19th yeah so everyone take a deep breath with me Colin you didn't take a deep breath it's okay um I'm not too worried I'm okay okay I'm okay all right actually we just wanted to talk to y'all for about I don't know how long has it been 30 40 minutes uh I don't really know 30 right. 35 minutes oh beautiful perfect 35 minutes and uh 
give you all a rundown of the last two games for North Texas. Like I said, on paper, they should play Arkansas Pine Bluff and Houston Baptist on the 15th and 17th, and then LSU on the 19th to round out their non-conference schedule. But until then, we have football games to cover. Obviously, UTEP at home on the 11th. We will be there. I will be there um, covering that one. So I'm excited for that one. See if they can finish the season off on a high note. Uh, If you haven't listened to it already, go check out our football podcast from last night. Uh, I think it's a fun one. Um, And yeah, so follow us on Twitter at cjh mitchell and at matthew bruni underscore and at mean green 24 7 tell your friends about the podcast send it to everybody you know uh we'd appreciate it leave us a five-star rating and review on apple after you subscribe to us and follow us on soundcloud at bruni's breakdown podcast um subscribe to mean green 24 7 as well we're still doing 30 percent off for the year and one dollar for the first month um i'm probably going to do a video something something uh, rewatch thing on this Mississippi State game but so check that out that'll be VIP as well and yeah y'all stay safe out there and we will talk to y'all later see ya